We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. going on everybody welcome to the week two edition of the pro football focus show here at roto grinders i am Britt divine with the new 2020 vision uh tyler uh tybo uh tyler uh what's going on my man seeing everything clear you know fuzzy lines in the eyesight yeah i had a great week one um i think a lot of it was due to being able to see everything clearly uh, <laughs> how'd you end up doing <laughs> is there like a ghost behind you what is this behind you it's like floating up in the air do you, you must have a fan on in the room this uh looks, yeah it's a this it's looks, a philly's pennant <laughs> this is great there's ghosts in the air uh we're here with mr uh, opportunity uh we've got scott barrett of pff here as well uh scott we had a lot of good takes last week all right tyler had some you had some really good ones Tyler's going to try to have a bad take later. I'm not sure if I'm going to let him or you're going to let him. About the only thing we missed on last week, uh, we had uh, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, you had him a little bit as a fade, didn't really work out. But other than that, uh, we pretty much smashed last week. That's right. We did. And <laughs> you won, you won a, a significant amount of money, if, if I'm Dude, I, I won a Honda, Honda Civic with, like, premium leather options. I got the Bose stereo in there, you know, something like that. As, as they say on Twitter. Had myself a good week over on fantasy draft, but you know what, Scott? It's week two. Yeah. I need we got to do that again, my friend. So let's uh, let's do get it. going with this today, uh, and let's uh, let's just jump right into this because we got a lot of fun stuff we got to get into today. So if you're new, we're going to give you a, a stud, a value player, and a dud at each position using a lot of stuff from PFF. We've got Scott's uh, actual opportunity article. I'm going to screen share with you along with some other cool stuff from PFF at various points in the show. Uh, but Tyler, I'm going to kick this off with you. We're going to start a quarterback. Uh, you've got your stud. He's going into Pittsburgh. It's his first road game as a rookie. Uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, you don't think that's going to scare him one bit, though? Not at all. We've already seen this game climb above 50 since opening, and it currently sits at 52.5 total. Mahomes was on fire last week, threw for over 250 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and he even tacked on an additional 21 rushing yards. The Steelers team, I don't know, they're, they historically play much faster at home, so I think this is a good chance for a shootout here. It's going to draw a lot of ownership, though but I still think Mahomes is a very strong cash game and a great tournament option as well. Steelers onslaught, Chiefs onslaught. I'm with you. Uh, when I'm making my lineup builders, I, I'm putting, I'm not just putting Big Ben with one player. I'm stacking them with two. I'm running a back. I just want as many versions of this game as, as I can get. Uh, I absolutely love Mahomes. You're not worried. First road game. We saw Andy Reid, right? Whenever Andy Reid has a lot of time to prepare for a game, he comes out good. Only had a week. None of that's going to scare you. I think Pittsburgh's probably going to bounce back a little bit as well. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, I think Mahomes has the ultimate ace under his sleeve, Tyreek Hill. I mean, the two have a fantastic rapport. Dating back to the beginning of preseason, he's caught nearly 90% of his targets thrown his way, and he can take any reception the distance for six points. 
Yeah. Uh, any reception, any rush, any return, yeah. anything at all. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Tyreek Hill at some point. Uh, so, Scott, you're a stud. No surprise. Running opposite of him, we've got Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely horrific on the road. Horrific in road starts. Uh, horrific in these 1 p.m. road starts specifically. Now he's at home. He's going to have good weather. A Chiefs defense that got obliterated by Phillip Rivers. Austin Eckler somehow put up a huge game uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, ben Roethlisberger uh, should go ham, in my opinion, this week as well. Yeah, it's those home away splits and I know there's a new offensive play caller in Pittsburgh so maybe that changes but just you know if you played Ben at home it's basically like playing uh teams in Colorado and baseball DFS like the guy should be massively owned especially this week what we do in DFS so we we call the Superdome in New Orleans the Coors Field of DFS we do that does this also apply to the Steelers at home no, I've looked into those splits. They're nothing compared to Ben Roethlisberger's home away splits. Since 2014, Roethlisberger averages 24 fantasy points per game at home, only 14.7 away. That's almost 10 full points. That's like this is over a gigantic sample since since 2014. Uh, passer rating to 105.9 at home, 86.6 away. Those splits are, are crazy, unlike anything I've ever come across. On top of that, the team goes more pass-heavy in the red zone at, at home. I talked to Pat Thorman, who uh, mentioned how the team picks up the pace and the no-huddle rate at home. Also, like, I know uh, Ben Roethlisberger has, like, a, a vague injury maybe, but uh, Thorman brought up a good point where he was like, you know, every, every time Ben throws more than one or two picks, like, he'll have a mysterious injury, and then they'll question him about it on Wednesday, and he'll be like, I'm fine. Also, uh, Chiefs defense is really bad, especially their pass defense. We'll get to that in a little bit. There's some obvious sacks in this uh, uh, in this game. So, uh, yeah, definitely like Ben. Yeah, I, I like Big Ben. Maybe he just has, like, this really nice Tempur-Pedic bed at home that gets everything out, allows him to play good. He goes on the road, just that bed, that night before bed, just messes with him. I don't know what it is. but it, I think it's, it's more it's... likely he's he's just get out getting hammered at, at clubs <laughs> on the road and then his wife – <laughs> it could be uh but whatever it is the splits are just so huge um this game for an onslaught you can drew breeze is up there for me as well if you're looking for stud quarterbacks um i i really i mean you really can't go wrong with any of these guys this week um tyler someone i think is going to be pretty popular because we just saw ryan fitzpatrick go nuts in the superdome we've got the browns who in my opinion are are probably a little bit better of an offense than i think the buccaneers are going to be this year he's got unlimited weapons he's got a running back He's got two running backs. He's got three running backs. He's got all these receivers. He's got a tight end. And if he could ever hold on to the ball, is so athletic, he can destroy things up the seam here. We've got Tyrod Taylor going up against the Saints. Uh, I guess you think the Saints from week one uh, look a little bit more like the 2016 Saints instead of the 2017 Saints. Yeah, and those defenses were night and day difference. Uh, <laughs> Ty got here, though. I mean, he's just a great play. He showed last week that even 20-mile-per-hour wins, he can consistently provide fantasy points. Ran for 77 yards and a score. That's 13.7 fantasy points right there. I mean, his throwing can only get better after throwing just 37.5% of his attempts. Um, we saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick decimated the Saints defense, and I think it's Tyrod's turn. New Orleans allowed over 400 passing yards, four passing TDs, they pressured the quarterback on just 17.6% of the dropbacks. That was the sixth lowest rate in the league. And yet they allowed a perfect 158.3 QB rating to Fitzpatrick on those pressured snaps. And I don't think the back end was much better. Marshawn Lattimore allowed a perfect four for four to Mike Evans for 114 yards and a score. Um, and that was while he was shadowing him on 83% of his routes. So I think that every level of this defense can be attacked by Tyrod and he has the weapons at each level to attack them. He's yeah, a great cash play and a great tournament play. Yeah. I love Tyrod. Mahomes is a little bit too cheap on DraftKings too. You have him as your stud, but I mean, if you could save the money with Mahomes, I think Tyrod's only a hundred less. Uh, I've got Case Keenum. He's another guy. I like that Oakland. I think Oakland might be, they're going to be right there with the bills. One of the worst teams in the league, I think this year. Um, so uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value at the quarterback position overall. Uh, Scott, you've got two more. Uh, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Didn't really work out for him too well uh, week one, but going into Minnesota, I think we could all see that happening this week. He gets to take on the Lions at home, who the Jets and a rookie quarterback just lit him up uh, offensive and defensively. And then I want to hear on this one too, right? Because when I'm looking for my quarterback, I want guys who are going to get 350 yards, three touchdowns. I want that 
in the wheelhouse for them. You've also got Alex Smith here as well, which I don't know if he really has that in this Redskins offense. Maybe you can convince me otherwise. Uh, well, he also has some hidden rushing upside. You know, he, he yep. scored some rushing touchdowns. Um, basically, it's just Indianapolis has the worst coverage defense in the NFL and the worst pass rush in the NFL. Uh, Detroit might be the worst total defense in the NFL. Uh, listen, uh, they're the same price on DraftKings. They're about the same price on FanDuel. Uh, I haven't decided yet. I know you said touchdowns are an issue with Alex Smith, but they've been an issue for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, his entire time in San Francisco as well. Uh, don't know which way I'm going yet. They're both strongly in play. Uh, that's all I got. You don't you don't always get dang stats. You got to remember this is Wednesday Wednesday night. Nope. I'm only about thirty percent into research, but uh, probably the suits, the suits pushed us up. We got all these big showdown slates. We had, to get the, we had to get the Thursday show in for the showdown, and the suits were like push that PFF show to till Wednesday, so we don't get all the dang Prime stats. Time. Only some of them. Um, but, yeah, I like both of those. I'd be more apt to take Jimmy Garoppolo than I think Alex Smith. Uh, but I think I will have both of them on my tournament teams this week. Uh, Tyler, you've got a dud here. Interesting uh, with this one because you got to think this team is just going to roll and score, like, 45 points because they're going into Buffalo. And Buffalo is probably the worst team in the league this year. Uh, what's concerning you on Phillip Rivers? Is it they're going to score so quick? They're going to score a defensive touchdown. It takes the passing game away. You think the Bills defense at home is going to be a little bit better? Uh, is it the West, the East Coast trip? What's scaring you here? So I'll say the first and the third you got, but the main point <laughs> will be Melvin Gordon. I think he's just going to run buck wild yeah. against this team. And the Bills have a pretty good secondary. Mika Hyde and Jordan Poyer, they were two of our top 20 graded safeties from last year. Tredavious White was our number three cornerback last year. The only real option I want in the passing game is Keenan Allen, who should have a good day in the slot. Um, so as, as such, I think I'm just going to fade Phillip Rivers, play some Keenan Allen, and just go really heavy on Melvin uh, Gordon. They're 7.5 road favorites. I think that number could climb by the time Sunday hits. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's. Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, he's really interesting because we have the really high-priced running backs, and because the site's tightened up pricing from week one, you really and the Gurleys and the Camaros want moved up in price. It's a little harder to afford them this week. So Gurley's right in the sweet spot. Uh, I think Gurley's going to be very heavily over the time the whole week, said and done. Um, Scott, I mean, this is – it's always tough to put Tom Brady in the dud, but it's pretty easy to see him not having – Scott, I'm going to tell you, do better on this one. So Tom Brady – and then come up with something better for me than Tom Brady against the Jaguars. It's it, – that's that's all I got right now. I, I told you, <laughs> I he, he's a value trap on DraftKings where he's only 500 more than the other two guys I talked about. Um, but, you know, last year opposing quarterbacks averaged just 10.1 fantasy points per game in Jacksonville. It was like a 10 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio, uh, less than 190 yards per game. Uh, don't, don't trust him this week with so many injuries and Edelman on suspension. Uh, yeah, this one's easy. Yeah, uh, I will have, I have X Tom Brady out of my tournament this week. So I completely agree with you on that one. Um, all right, so we teased this uh, last week, and we didn't really have too much to show you. So uh, we're going to give Scott his own segment. He puts a lot of work behind the scenes in a PFF, right? He's like, he's one of the superstars over at PFF, hitting Twitter with all those stats all week long. So we're giving him the opportunity to showcase his actual opportunity article week in, week out here. So, Scott, uh, I'm going to pull it up here on the screen share if I can find it for everybody. Devin, if you want to cue that up. And let's talk. I don't know. I'm going to give you three to five minutes here to go over what this is and some of your targets uh, for week two based off your sheet here. Yeah. So this, uh, in my, my opinion is the, the best fantasy football stat ever invented. But of course I was the one who invented it. Pat yourself on the back. Of <laughs> so we're, we're measuring volume, looking at expected fantasy points. Uh, Julio Jones had the best volume of any player in week one at any position. That makes a lot of sense. He had 306 air yards. That's 121 more than the next closest. 18 total targets, three end zone targets, two, five deep targets. Uh, he had uh, expected touchdowns 1.52. Of course, he didn't score any. Here's a great stat from the article. Matt Ryan has a career PFF grade of 63.9 in the red zone, but 94.5 between the 20 yard lines. That's crazy. For perspective, Tom Brady led all passers with a PFF grade of 92.9, so less than that, while uh, Ryan's red zone grade is easily one of the worst, if not the worst. Uh, we can look at Jarvis Landry. He's another guy who's surprised. 
His week one usage was better than in any week last season, and he finished fourth among wide receivers, uh, new, new highs in air yards, deep targets. He's being used a lot closer than uh, Antonio Brown was last year by Todd Haley than uh, the role he saw last year. And again, that was a terrific role. Uh, Corey Davis is a big surprise by this chart. He saw terrific volume. I, he's a little banged up, but I do like him and his target market share with Delaney Walker out. Joe Mixon, uh, he's a guy everyone's going to be overlooking. He's a massive bell cow uh, up there with the top five running backs. Uh, and we can talk about Melvin Gordon, uh, who, who I have written up here. Uh, he's another guy who stood out by these metrics. Um, yeah. So uh, what, tell everybody again, what goes into actual opportunity? What is this? Why is this so important? This is actionable stuff that you can use in DFS uh, right off his article. That's right. It's, it's um, so it's, it's the most predictive metric I've ever found for proje projecting PPR fantasy points. It's based on the 11 years sample size of play by play data uh, where we try to calculate expected receiving fantasy points by uh, distance from the end zone and uh, depth of target. So, you know, factors in like deep balls um, versus short passes, the expectation there, but also, you know, end zone targets versus targets inside the 10, 20 yard lines or target that's like 60 yards back is going to be worth less comparably, of course. And then for rushing expected fantasy points, it's down in distance, you know, fourth and one on the 50 yard line you're not going to get too many yards or fantasy points and also distance from the end zone. Like uh, rushing 13 yards out is basically the same as 33 yards out in terms of expected touchdowns and expected fantasy points, but people don't know that. So they're going to use red zone carries, even though in my opinion, that's a, a pretty weak stat. So yeah, Scott puts a lot of time into this. So I can get access to this. And if you just enjoy football, uh, all the other stuff, I'm going to show you some more stuff with PFF. Uh, this is great stuff from Scott. I want to highlight it all year long because uh, I'm going to be using some of it. Is, is, is uh, Julio going to get like 4,000 targets against Scott, right? Is that going to happen again? <laughs> uh, I think I think probably not, but but that would be awesome. And then, of course, all the haters will be like, well, he's had 4,000 targets, but no <laughs> touchdowns. And then I can't uh, say anything because it's true. All right. Uh, Scott, enough about patting yourself on the back. Let's get into some running backs here. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I, I don't know if it's not really a cop out, right? Because you got Alvin Kamara in here. How can you how can you go wrong with Alvin Kamara in a game where he's could get more rushing yards? Um, he's an excellent receiver. If they get behind, they're just going to throw him the ball like they did a bajillion times last week. Uh, why is it him over Todd Gurley for you as a stud, uh, especially now that we have a little bit tighter pricing? Yeah, I mentioned before the show that I pivoted my pick here from Gurley to Kamara. I just think it's more likely that the Cleveland-New Orleans game turns into a back-and-forth shootout affair where Kamara sees continuous rushing and receiving work over Gurley, who could possibly sit in the fourth quarter after being up 30-0 against Arizona. Uh, I just think there's a higher chance for Kamara to see continuous action and volume. Last week, Kamara played on 81% of the team's offensive snaps, and he was a workhorse in the receiving game with 12 targets. Gillisley looked absolutely dreadful when he was in there spelling Kamara, and I'm kind of expecting another high dosage of Kamara this week. James Conner toted the rock 31 times and caught five of six targets and reached a massive fantasy outing against the Browns last week. I'm projecting another 30-point burger here for Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I think that's good. And uh, after uh, I think it was after Gillisley left the game, uh, or didn't leave the game. He fumbled. Uh, no, no other running back uh, saw a snap for the Saints here. So I, I just expect, I don't know, 85, maybe even 90% uh, of the snaps going tomorrow's way this week. I completely agree. It's really tough to not like Gurley, too. Really tough choice there. But I think uh, currently just leaning Kamara if I'm spending at running back. Uh, Scott, you've got Melvin Gordon. This is just uh, – this is easy, right? Because everybody else got overpriced, I think, at the position. And Gordon didn't get priced up enough. And he's just, he's 20 touches. He's a bunch of receptions. It's the Bills. The the Chargers should score a bunch of points here. This is about as easy as it gets for him this week. Yeah, I think he's now an Uber back in the NFL. What that means is he's in that, you know, Le'Veon Bell, what Todd Gurley was last year, what David Johnson was the year before, uh, sort of running back where they are going to rank top five in rushing fantasy points. And then maybe top 36 among all positions in receiving fantasy points. Uh, and, and we knew this was going to happen. Anthony Lynn told ESPN one of his biggest regrets of 2017 was not getting Gordon more work in the passing game. Guess what? Week one, he had 12 targets, totaled 102 receiving yards. He also had 15 carries on the ground. 
Uh, one of my actual opportunity stats from the offseason was Gordon averaged 19.4 expected fantasy points per game last year when he was off of the injury report. Uh, guess what? Only Le'Veon Bell was better, and now it's looking like his expectation may even be higher this year. Uh, teams favored by seven and a half. It's a dream matchup against the Bills. Over the Bills' last 10 games, they're giving up 33.2 fantasy points per game to Ooh. opposing running backs, 4.82 yards per carry, uh, worse than the NFL by both measures. So easy, easy uh, pick this week. Yep, and he helps you if you want to pay up a receiver for, uh, I don't know, there's a guy called Antonio Brown. He's at home uh, this week against the Chiefs. Uh, Gordon helps you get that. Uh, if you use Kamara, uh, and or Gurley, uh, a little bit tougher to make that happen this week. So let's go back to Tyler. Uh, let's get a value. I don't know on this one, Tyler. This one's a little bit tougher of a sell. He's dirt cheap on DraftKings, so I get it. Um, DraftKings, full PPR, receptions. Not sure this dude's going to get too many. Uh, sell me on Alfred Morris. Uh, I think he's 3600 on DK. So I want to hammer some of these top high-end plays, like Alvin Kamara, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. And the only way I'm going to do it is by saving money punting someplace why not go for a game that I think is a potential shootout here with the 49ers-Lions? Uh, we just saw last week that the Lions allowed a league-leading 177 rushing yards to the Jets running backs. That was Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. I think Alfred Morris, after watching him play in the preseason, can bust off those type of runs along the interior as well, where he absolutely crushed. This is the third highest projected scoring game of the week. We've already seen the line move in the 49ers' direction. They're coming from three-point road favorites up to 5.5 at this time. And this typically correlates well with running backs of more stature where with the game script in their, um, in their benefit, they can run and get more touches in the second half. Uh, he's priced at just 3,600. That allows a ton of roster flexibility. Yeah, he is a cheap. Uh, there are a couple cheap receivers too, still tight ends that are too cheap. Uh, I just, I, my problem is I don't know if I can give one of those valuable three running back spots because I like to use running back in a flex to Alfred Morris because there's just there's still so many good running backs right now in the league that I know are going to get 20 touches even at 3600 I have a hard time clicking the button but maybe you sold me on it we'll take a look at the green line too on the San Francisco game and Scott can talk about that a little bit more how that's going nuts uh in just a little bit here but maybe I'm going to have to put Alfred Morris on a couple of my teams after that uh, I'm much more in line with Scott's value now it's not 3600 on DraftKings like Alfred Morris right uh, but Scott, Atlanta, they're down two of their best defensive players. They always give it up to receiving running backs. They never give up anything deep here. Uh, this Atlanta defense is going to take – I can't really overstate uh, a really huge hit with a loss of their, basically their two best defensive players. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, this is the 10 – maybe not 10, 12 to 15 carries with 8 to 10 targets special. Greg Olson's out. Uh, McCaffrey's going back to being a monster. Yeah, he's, he's not a lock-button play uh, like James Conner was last week, but this was a matchup I've been looking forward to for a while. Um, you know, he, he disappointed last week. At least that's what perception says. Um, but I don't see that being the case at all. You know, Dallas, very slow pace. We knew that going into the week. Uh, that's why I had Gordon over him last week on this podcast. Um but if you look at it on a market share or per snap basis, uh, McCaffrey's usage actually was top five among running backs. Um, and so now he, he has a dream matchup against the Atlanta Falcons defense that have surrendered the second most receiving fantasy points to running backs in back-to-back -back years. Greg Olson is not playing. Guess what? McCaffrey averaged about uh, four points better in terms of expected or actual fantasy points per game when Olson was off the field last year. Atlanta's also without Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. Guess what? Those two guys made up about 50% of all of uh, Atlanta's uh, 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 targets last year. So those guys were the primary defenders on 50% of opposing running back targets. So their losses uh, especially benefit McCaffrey this week. Um, you know, he's not too expensive. Uh, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I like McCaffrey uh, much more this week. Olsen, you're going indoors into, uh, you know, a really nice spot to play. Uh, looks like McCaffrey's going to have a really nice week here. I want to get every anybody's thoughts on James Conner, right? The Chiefs, the Chiefs allowed, listen to this stat line, 22 rushes for 123 yards and 14 receptions for 189 yards and a touchdown to the Chargers last week. What are we doing with Conner? Guys, I'm looking to go, I'm, go back all in, cash games, Conner, 100%. Use him a lot in tournaments. He didn't make the list here. I want to spend a couple seconds on him. Any, anyone have thoughts? 
Yeah, on FanDuel, he's my catch game lock. I've got him, Kamara, and Melvin Gordon. I'm playing all three. Yeah, sounds good to me. Scott, what do you got? Yeah, I love Connor. Uh, in all of my early builds, he's a staple. Uh, like him on DraftKings, too. He's going to crush. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree here. All right, uh, your dud, Tyler. Uh, maybe a little bit hobbled here, Devontae Freeman. So there's like, we have all these home road splits. Freeman at home, he usually goes nuts here. Uh, you're just you're concerned a little probably about the workload, probably concerned a little bit about injury, concerned a little bit about the offensive coordinator, not really knowing what he's doing on the one yard line. Uh, looks like you're going to be fading Devontae Freeman this week. Yeah, I'm trying to get a little more takey with these, giving you some hot things. <laughs> That's why I went with the Morris play instead of. We, we, we get the receiver, you're back. just going to burn everything down behind you anyway. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. As, as far as Devonta Freeman, the Panthers last week, they allowed just 69 rushing yards to Zeke. The banged up Devonta Freeman could have a similarly disappointing outing. The Falcons offensive line was a mess last week. They got zero push against Philadelphia's front seven. They allowed a league leading 24 pressures on Matt Ryan last week. And the zero push along the goal line is where I'm most concerned with Freeman. If he's not getting any touchdowns, he's not a guy that I really want to target. And he also has some a terrible matchup here against Luke Keekley trying to get any receptions. Keekley was our number three coverage linebacker last year, shutting down defenders sideline to sideline. I'd rather spend 200 more on DK and get Kareem Hunt or 200 more on FanDuel and get James Conner. Yeah, I, I agree completely on that. Uh, Scott, for sake of time, I'm just going to tell uh, Jamal Williams is your dud here. Give me like 20 seconds on him. Why, why are we fading him? Hobbled Aaron Rodgers, not really getting too much work. Uh, tough matchup overall. It's, I agree. Kind of stay away from uh, yeah, I just don't think he's good, and I think the matchup's atrocious. Uh, that's that's about it. You know, Tyler's getting hot takey with these. Uh, I'm not after you trash me for the Keenan Allen call that I stand by. Uh, so yeah, don't play Jamal Adams, uh, Jamal Williams. But you weren't going to do that anyway. All right, so let's uh, let's do some screen share. I got the green line up. Uh, so it's a big product uh, part of the uh, the uh, the more expensive premium stats 2.0 package here at uh, at PFF. Uh, Scott, we talked about this last week. We we went, we had the Patriots game, right? That was one we highlighted, and they just snuck it in. I think it was point six uh, six and a half, and the Patriots won by seven in that game. So we just snuck it in. Uh, I picked this game, and I want to I want to focus uh, on a couple of things here, mainly the over under because uh, this opened. I think it was like forty seven or forty eight. Uh, PFF currently has this as fifty one. Uh, so let's talk about some of the things that go into Green Line if you're into sports betting, as that kind of becomes more prevalent nationwide. And just uh, your general thoughts on this game. We've talked about a couple of players already. From Are you talking about me? I am. This is your oh, turn, okay. Scott. Yeah, so so I actually got drunk last night, and I, I threw $500 down on the <laughs> over. Um, and I feel I feel pretty good about it. Uh, and I actually think the market moved since I, I bet it. But, um, yeah, so uh, like it a lot. I, I think Stafford might surprise. I think, you know, like week one's weird. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just comes out and, is like, yeah, guys, you forgot I'm a, I'm a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. Just threw three touchdowns and 300 yards. Uh, you know, two very bad defenses. Uh, Detroit, maybe the worst in all of the NFL. Um, so I, I, I dig it. Uh, Green line, uh, I, I talked about this last episode. I forget the actual numbers, but we gave it our lock of the uh, week mm-hmm. picks last year and we won like a ridiculous, like 88%, which is just like unheard of. Uh, and now you get to see all of the data behind what went into that updated in real time. Uh, basically, if you're looking to bet uh, in, uh, in football this year, uh, who are you going to trust? Pro Football Focus. We have the best data in the game. Uh, and uh, it's going to help you for DFS because I honestly think our lines are better than Vegas's just in terms of predicting what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, check it out. It's for elite members. And, uh, if you're an elite member, you get all of our great premium stats as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, love it. If you're more, if you're not sports betting, uh, there's still, uh, if you're a hardcore DFS, the elite, the premium stats, uh, I guess I can just kind of bring this up here. There is so you can get lost in this for hours and hours and hours and hours. You can download them to CSVs for a lot of them too, to kind of make your own stuff out of them. Uh, the premium stuff at PFF. Uh, some of the most top-notch stuff you're going to find from any stats provider. Uh, Tyler, uh, something I always like to look at, Pat Thorman, he's been writing this for years, right? The snaps, pace, and stats. Uh, this is something, right? Like he uh, he highlighted the Cowboys game last week. It was going to be really low on pace. Surprise it was. Dude knows what he's talking about. Uh, what are what are some of the things from his article this week that stand out to you? 
Yeah, one of the big things that I found interesting was the Colts-Redskins game. I think that's a game that could have a lot of plays. Both teams were top five in snaps week one. Uh, I think uh, Jordan Reed's a guy that I definitely want to target here as an option in the passing game. I know his raw numbers might be a little low from last week after he was kind of subbed out when the second team kind of took over, but uh, Reed's a guy I definitely am interested in. Um, some other notables are just uh, – he takes a look here basically at the high-volume games and the low-volume games. The low-volume games are games you typically want to avoid, like we talked about with the Cowboys-Panthers last week. Uh, this week will probably be the Giants-Cowboys, but, I mean, that's not on the main slate. Um, there's just a lot of great notes here, especially when it comes to the no huddle and uh, how well some teams operate under it. Yeah, it's a great article. I'll read it every single week. Um, and this is just part, I think it's 40 bucks to get the edge instead of the, the elite at PFF. So if you just like football stuff, you want fantasy articles, you want the grades, you want to see all that stuff, uh, all that's available at PFF uh, for much less than the uh, premium stuff that gets you kind of the green line and all that. All right, so we talked about some of the cool stuff going on at PFF. Uh, Tyler is going to burn the house down uh, with his hot take dud at wide receiver. So we're going to save that for a little bit. Uh, Scott, let's uh, let's turn this around. I'm going to give you first go. Uh, so stud, uh, there's this guy. His name's Antonio Brown. Uh, even in a horrible game and horrible weather, still has a pretty good week one. Uh, now he's back at home with Big Ben going up against this Chiefs defense. Is it even a defense? I don't really know. Uh, I'm I, I think as it stands right now in my head, I'm paying for Antonio Brown instead of guys like Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley on DraftKings right now. Right. So this goes back to actually our Kean Allen conversation from last week. Uh, Kansas City has one good cornerback, Kendall Fuller. He was our number one graded slot cornerback last year. Uh, that implies, you know, it's a tougher matchup for Juju Smith-Schuster, who plays about 60% of his routes from the slot. Or they could do what Los Angeles did last week and just only target uh, Smith-Schuster on his, like, relatively few routes from the perimeter. Um, but I, 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 I'm digressing here, really. What I, what I mean to say is that Kansas City's perimeter cornerbacks are atrocious. And actually, they're not even perimeter cornerbacks. They're slot cornerbacks. So over the past two seasons – each of Orlando Skandrick and Steven Nelson have spent at least two-thirds of their snaps and coverage on lines up in the slot. Not just that, but they were also bad in the slot. The, the uh, ranked bottom 20, or just in general, of, of 124 cornerbacks, they both ranked bottom 20 in yards per route and coverage allowed. So what does that say? That says, you know, Antonio Brown's probably going to eat Juju Smith-Schuster relatively tougher matchup on 60% of his routes. Antonio Brown, extremely easy matchup against two bad corners who are not only bad, but they're playing out of position. There's also a number of different stats you can look at over Antonio Brown's last six games, playing on at least 30 snaps. Uh, this one's from Evan Silva. He's averaged 32.4 fantasy points per game since 2015. When Bell is inactive, that's 14 games. He averages 28.1 fantasy points per game. Only 19.6 when Bell plays. Uh, yeah, he's he's still like too cheap, especially relative to the massive ceiling and projection I'm giving him. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I like your call. Yeah, try and fit him into lineups. Uh, yeah, I, I have Antonio Brown. And currently, now it's Wednesday. A lot of things change. He's in my cash game over the expensive running backs right now. Um, Tyler, your stud, Julio Jones. I mean, 19 targets last week. I don't know if he's going to get that many again. Uh, but if uh, Calvin Ridley isn't going to do anything and Sanu's not going to do anything, maybe they're just going to fire up every play to Julio Jones again. That sounds good. Uh, this is a beatable Carolina secondary, too. It's at home, uh, indoors, no weather concerns. I mean, I'm looking – you can get leverage. Antonio Brown, I think, is easily going to be the guy at the top as well as, as one other player to be named a little bit later. Um, but it looks like you're preferring to use Julio over that uh, player to be named later. Yeah, the why not both, girl? <laughs> See, I'm all about the Antonio Brown and Julio starting both of my lineups with those two players and just building from there. Uh, the main reason is because Julio led all receivers and targets and yards in air last week. As Scott alluded to earlier, he was actual opportunities number one player. He's averaged over 24 DK points over the last three years playing against the Panthers. Should run most of his routes against rookie Dante Jackson. He graded out as our number 81 cornerback following his debut last week against Dallas. And that was while trying to defend Terrence Williams and Deontay Thompson number 81. By the time Julio's done with him, he'll probably be great as number 181. <laughs> the, the, the you know, volume's there for Julio. That's where he's going to be deserved. 
just the bottom. Yeah. Uh, the volume's there for Julio. We just need Steve Sarkeesian to get out of the way and hopefully let him score. Yeah, uh, I like Julio quite a bit. I'm going to take Antonio over him. Uh, what is that? Just uh, 400 bucks. I'll pay for Antonio Brown every single day uh, over Julio. But in tournaments, I can get some leverage using Julio or a couple of these other guys just a little bit below him. Uh, let's go back to Scott. Uh, you got a Nunwa here as your value. Now, we're going to have Curse back, I believe, this week. But all that's going to do I is – I care. Yeah, that's just going <laughs> to kick Pryor out. Pryor's garbage. Curse, I mean, he's okay. But a Nunwa – Looks like he's probably going to be the steady Eddie target of Sam Darnold uh, so far this season. I like a lot of other guys in this mid-tier too. So uh, you've got a Nunwa. I like guys like Godwin and Galladay. Those are two guys basically right around the same price range I like. Uh, what gives you a Nunwa over guys like them? Uh, over Godwin, I think it's just that uh, it's it's not for sure that Deshaun Jackson's out, but he's definitely up there. I would imagine he will. I'm In my, in my mind – in my mind, I'm assuming he's out right now. But that's why he wasn't written up. Uh, but I do like Anunwa, certainly over Galladay. Uh, basically, just, you know, why are you intimidated by Curse? I, we've seen Curse play for years. He, he's just a guy. The Jets only threw the ball 21 times. And guess what? Uh, Anunwa ranked behind only Julio Jones in week one target market share with 45%. He ranked sixth best in uh, expected fantasy point market share receiving uh he's only 4700 on DraftKings. he's 5000 on FanDuel. that's just too cheap and i'm just gonna take that that value every single time yeah and you're gonna have to expect um the jets to not blow out every team they face this season too right so there's probably gonna be a couple more passes who else are they gonna pass to robbie anderson he had a tough matchup against slay right so he only got one target i expect robbie anderson yes he didn't he didn't I mean, what, they didn't have that matchup no I looked into it. Uh, Slay was only on him like maybe like 20, 20. All right. Well, look at you. Look at you uh, crushing me and what I, what I thought happened in that game. Um, I don't think Anderson's just going to get one target every single game. It does look like Anunwa has a connection with Darnold and you got to take that with a rookie receiver. I like uh, the Anunwa, Galladay, uh, Godwin, all those three guys in the mids here are looking really strong for me. Uh, Tyler, you've got Cobb, which is interesting because we've got, we've got Aaron Rodgers. Hopping around on one leg. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, I saw a couple things floating around on Twitter. Something about Cobb likes the shotgun with Aaron Rodgers. Is that what has John Cobb right now? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously contingent on Rodgers playing and uh, not worrying about his knee. Um, but he was a DNP on Wednesday, so it's definitely something to monitor heading into the weekend. But he's coming off the heels of a 9 for 10 uh, catch performance, catching 9 of his 10 targets, 142 yards and a score. And you kind of just have to like him who – he was late to the price jump party due to them playing on Sunday night football, still priced very cheap. And in fact, his price across all platforms kind of just makes him an appealing target where I almost want to lock him in. Uh, Rogers consistently looks his way when he's healthy. He's got a fantastic matchup here on the inside against rookie Mike Hughes, who allowed the fifth highest yards per route covered last week. Cobb's currently a top seven value play on both DK and Yahoo, according to our DFS lineup optimizer. And I think he makes for a really strong cash option. All right, Tyler, get, get, take some deep breaths, right? Take some deep breaths. Get ready for your next segment, right? Because you're going to have to be prepared for this because me and Scott are not on board with this. So this is going to be you going solo on your next one here. Um, Scott, you're dud. Uh, you got Chris Hogan. You had Tom Brady, a quarterback. You're probably not going to play Chris Hogan. His matchup's just too tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went with the easy one because uh, <laughs> Tyler went deep. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's just give this back to Tyler here. So, Tyler's got Michael Thomas as his note of the week. And I don't know about this one, Tyler. I'm going to let you talk about this. Um, I mean, the Cleveland defense, I think it's going to be okay. They spent some draft capital on some cornerbacks that look like they could be okay. Kind of limited Antonio Brown when he was on him last week. I don't know if that's what doing it for you, but this seems crazy to want to fade Michael Thomas. So uh, try to tell me what's going on. here. Yeah, he's the number two price wide receiver on each site but all right hear me out because a lot of this depends on the presumption of rational coaching not something that the browns have in spades <laughs> but if cleveland wants to win this game they need to do their best to eliminate mike thomas and the only way to do it is by shadowing him with denzel ward he was the number four pick last year or this upcoming this past draft he blanketed antonio brown the week before ran step for step for him in coverage limited him to just 14 yards after the catch on five receptions Nobody does that. Antonio Brown's known for his yards after the catch. He finished th that week as our number six graded cornerback, and that's after playing against Pittsburgh. 
if the Browns actually want to win this game and not just tie, they should utilize Ward in shadow coverage to eliminate Thomas. That means sliding Ward into the slot where Thomas ran over half his routes last week. I mean, Thomas can easily burn Brian Body Calhoun. He can easily burn Terrence Mitchell on the outside. The only way that the Browns have a shot at winning this game is if they shadow Michael Thomas with Denzel Ward. Rational coaching from the Browns. This is what we're relying on, Tyler. I, I'm not. I watched Hard Knocks. I did not see a lot of that coming from uh, Mr. Uh, oh man, I can't believe I forgot his name. I'm blanking here. Um, but um, I don't know. So you make a case for it. So let's let's explain. If Thomas, let's say that does happen, right? Where are we going on New Orleans? I want part of New Orleans. Is it all going to Kamara? We got Ginn hobbling around already on the injury report. Uh, Watson, who knows what he's what he's bringing. Uh, Cameron Meredith was an active. Where do we go in the Saints office if, if we're not using Thomas? Yeah, we want Ginn if this is possible because Terrence Mitchell runs a 4-6-3. Very burnable for Ginn on the outside. But again, that'd be contingent on him being healthy as well. Um, again, this is all contingent on the Browns actually trying to want to win, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I don't know if they're going to do that because we saw week one, um, Ward played 90% of his snaps on the left side. I don't know if he'll move around. Um, I mean, they do. The fans want them to win. They want all those beer fridges to <laughs> unlock in their bars for yes. sure. That, that's set up in Cleveland. They, they definitely want to win there. Um, so I don't know. I, th- I think I still like Michael Thomas. I'm definitely going to have more uh, Antonio Brown. I'll probably have more Julio. Uh, I might even have, I know, uh, I might have some more DeAndre Hopkins than I do Michael Thomas. Um, so you make a good point. His price is so high. Um, I just, I, I don't know. This one could come back yeah. to you, Tyler. But if, I, I think it's something we need to follow Cleveland beat reporters, see if there's any talk of it at all. Um, Ginn could have just been given a, uh, a day off today too for a veteran. So this is Wednesday. If he practices Thursday and Friday, maybe this is a load up on Ted Ginn and he goes ham and maybe I'll win another uh, Honda Civic. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe you'll see. Ted Ginn's hurt. Can I, <laughs> can I chime in here? Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah. Denzel Ward only played on 21. Uh, snaps and coverage out of the slot last year so he's grossly inexperienced there he was also only my number three cornerback out of this draft uh which like maybe i don't know anything but uh i i basically didn't like him as much as the browns did i didn't see him as a top five pick michael thomas meanwhile is our number one was our number one graded wide receiver last year if there's a reason to fade him you know after last week where he sent the Saints franchise record in receptions it's because you know the browns probably don't put up 40 plus points and you know game script doesn't really work in his advantage but uh the corner the cornerback doesn't worry me at all um and uh yeah i i think i think he smashes but i I agree he's not a great play uh just in terms of pricing relative to uh the other top wide receivers on this slate yeah like i'll be looking uh as the week progresses and the the ownership kind of really gets dialed in by jamino and the team here if it's even remotely close between Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas, this is just more Antonio Brown. I'll be just loading up on Antonio Brown. Over Thomas. So uh, let's go to tight end. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of those guys here. So uh, Scott, I'll stick with you on this one. Uh, so you didn't like Tom Brady, right? You didn't like Chris Hogan, but now you want to use Gronkowski here. So, so what's going on with Gronkowski? Jacksonville's just so good of a defense. They stop everybody. Is this just because – Last week, Gronk was super high owned and came through, and now now he's going to be like 5% owned because nobody's going to want to use him against Jacksonville. Jacksonville stops everybody, but nobody stops the Gronk. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Jacksonville is the best cornerback duo in football, but like the Patriots have bad wide receivers, and you know we weren't going to play them. Uh, Jacksonville might not have Leonard Fournette, their typical workhorse to grind down pace and make uh, things even uglier for opposing offenses. Uh, though New England does typically run at one of the highest paces in the NFL. Uh, New England might not have their goal line running back. What does that mean? Maybe they'll uh, target Rob Gronkowski more heavily near the end zone. And keep in mind, Rob Gronkowski is the most efficient touchdown scorer of the past decade per my data. And it's not particularly close. Um, basically, it's just, you know, it's Gronk. He's still relatively cheap in my projections he's probably coming out somewhere around wide receiver four or wide receiver five but he's priced well below that because he's a tight end um i like james white in this game and i i, I do like gronk and I, I really what's going to happen is i'm going to pay down at tight end because there's so much tight end value but if you're going to pay up and especially on FanDuel where i like him a little bit more uh i'm going to go with gronk 
All right, Tyler, time to redeem yourself from your Michael Thomas fire take. Uh, let's talk about our stud uh, tight end. I can definitely get on board with this one. Uh, we've got Jordan Reed uh, at home against the Colts. Anybody against the Colts. You could put me, any player that's on offense against the Colts, until, we know, until I'm noted otherwise, is going to be a viable uh, fantasy option for us. Oh, yeah, that pass funnel defense just invites a ton of targets, uh, as long as your name isn't Andy Dalton. Uh, we saw last week. <laughs> yeah, hey, he came through for us. Eh, kind of. <laughs> uh, last week's blowout was a really strange one for Washington's playmakers. They were able to ride out the win on the back of Adrian Peterson. Wasn't much need for passing, but prior to the blowout, Reed caught four or five targets, 40 yards, and a score. The pricing algorithms still haven't really caught up to Reed, being a key cog in Washington's pass attack. I think he's going to be utilized a lot more here in week two in a game that should feature a lot of pace. Um, I, there's just a lot of volume here that I think where Reed could go. Uh, Alex Smith had one of the lowest ADOTs of the week last week, and I think it's going to uh, boon well for him, for Jordan Reed, and for Jameson Crowder, Chris Thompson, just the underneath options. And Reed's one of those guys. He was actually our highest projected scoring tight end in our DFS lineup optimizer on DK. Uh, just another reason that Reed has my interest here. Alex Smith just has to be loving this, right? He's like, oh, man, I finally don't have to throw it to a wide-open Tyreek Hill 50 yards down the field. I can just dink and dunk it to Chris Thompson, to Jamison Crowder, and Jordan Reed on these five-yard passes all day long. Alex Smith has to be so happy he went into Washington. So that's uh, – I do like uh, Mr. Jordan Reed quite a bit here. Uh, Scott, so let's talk about some of the value, right, because there's a lot. We did lose Greg Olson – and Delaney Walker. So, I mean, maybe you can pick two of their replacements. Uh, rookie rookie tight end for Carolina, uh, second year for John U. Smith. I'm not really going there. There's just the mid-tier. Jack Doyle is getting so many passes, and he's still priced like he's some scrub tight end. George Kittle got a lot of passes last week. I'm even going down all the way to Njoku, who's 3,000 on DraftKings. If he can actually catch the stinking ball, he should have a big performance this week. There's so much value in this kind of tier right below Jordan Reed, that this is where I'm living kind of with you this week. Right. There, there's a lot of guys to like. Um, I think George Kittle's going to be massively owned this week. Um, and it shouldn't be because he's a spark freak because sparks hit rate on tight ends is like 0.1%. And that hit was Seth DeValve, who wasn't even a hit. Uh, and the reason to play him is not because he, he saw – massive target share numbers last week that was to be expected when Marquise Goodwin gets hurt only plays 25 percent of the snaps and then Xavier Rhodes one of the best shutdown shadow corners in the NFL moves to cover Pierre Garçon so what are you left with not much besides you know George Kittle who is good and I do like him uh the problem with my pessimism pessimism there is the same thing with my pessimism regarding Jared Cook I don't think it really matters because you're in the same exact spot this week uh, and maybe better, you know, Detroit lions, maybe the worst defense in the NFL this year. We were coming into the season per Mike clay. He just gave up 48 points to the jets. Goodwin's either not going to play or he's going to play seriously hurt. Uh, Darius Slay is just as good as Xavier Rhodes per my metrics. So that's going to take out the other wide receiver. Um, so yeah, he's going to be highly owned. But he's going to be, he's a good play. Uh, I also love Ricky seals Jones. Who's only, Mm -hmm. uh, who I think is $900 cheaper. Uh, he's, he, he also had amazing volume. He ranks fourth in expected fantasy points in the position on a per snapper market share basis. That looks even better. Uh, Arizona was really slow in pace last week. Um, but basically I think this is the tight end funnel defense to end all tight end funnel defenses. Like it's only ever existed in theory and <laughs> here it is in reality. Uh, we have three cornerbacks, uh, who all graded out top 20 last year. Um, and their linebackers are a lot weaker. Uh, so either, you know, either Arizona just gets obliterated and we can't ever really play anyone from there again uh, for quite some time, or uh, Ricky Seals Jones just smashes value and uh, target expectations. If Jared Cook can do it, so can Ricky Seals Jones. And right. That's the other thing, by the way. Per, per my actual opportunity data, Jared Cook is easily the, the worst tight end of the past four years, scoring 89 points below his expectation. But I know uh, I know Tyler likes him, so sorry for for not a not a softball lob it lob. It was more of like a throwing it. You threw head. a brick at me. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk like Denver. Denver is, you know, one of these theoretical tight end funnels, right? They've got some decent cornerbacks and we've got uh, Jared Cook who out targeted Amari Cooper 12 to three. Now, I don't think that's going to stick all season long, but I, I drafted in those best balls on draft, right? I was, I was nagging Cook time after time after time because I, I knew Oakland was going to be so bad that they're just going to have to throw the ball the entire second half of just about every single game here. And that's what I think we're going to get with Jared Cook this week. So I don't think he's good, Tyler, but all that matters in fantasy is opportunity, and he's going to have some opportunity this week. Amen, opportunity. So the Rams might be the new school tight end funnel defense, but Denver is the old school one where Wade Phillips first developed this tight end funnel defense where we just targeted them relentlessly. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that Cook's breakout game happened last week because this is just such a great, terrific spot for him, and he's going to be drawing a lot higher ownership. We saw Will Disley and Nick Vanette combined for 116 receiving yards. Who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just on seven combined targets. In week one, Derek Carr avoided the Rams' perimeter cornerbacks, repeatedly targeted Cook, saw 12 targets, hauling in nine for 180. I think he's in a great spot here. I don't know about nine for 180, but enough to pay off 3x salary. Uh, yeah, I can I can definitely get behind some Jared Cook. Uh, thoughts on N- Tyler Njoku? He's someone I mind. Three thousand on DK. This is way too cheap. If they're if they're going to be down or even if they're up, they're going to be scoring a lot of points. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Njoku? I just think he's way too cheap for the the amount of snaps he's playing. Honestly, RSJ is the one punt play that I'm into, but I kind of like that idea for Njoku. If you're looking for any kind of game stacks for the Browns Saints, um, trying to look up here to see if what kind of his matchup he has. Uh, Kurt Coleman's actually a pretty decent matchup. It's a uh, top six. Did you watch hard knocks? It doesn't matter when the joke, he's so good. Anyway. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to get to your duds here real quick uh, to close it out. Scott, uh, both of you have Charles clay. So Scott, instead of Charles clay, my question to you is if I'm trying to pick a bills receiver this week, who do I pick to run it back possibly with like a chargers, Melvin Gordon, Phillip rivers, or something like that. Who's going to, who's going to actually catch the ball this week for the bills. Nobody. You know what I want to do? I want to look into Josh Allen's preseason games and, and see if there's a guy uh, we can make a backup connection case for. Uh, but really, I think it is Calvin Benjamin. Uh, you can look at my ex, uh, my actual opportunity article. His his volume was actually really good. He just didn't do anything with it because, you know, the quarterbacks stink. And I think that's probably what's going to happen all year. Uh, and there's probably no receivers I really want from that team this week. But uh, I guess that's who I'd go with. All right, so uh, you had uh, you had Mr. Charles Clay as well, Tyler. Uh, so that'll about wrap it up for tight end, and actually for the show here, we got to get on out of here. There's another show coming on right after us here at Roto Grinders. Uh, so Scott and Tyler, thanks for coming on for week two. We'll be here all season long, uh, showing you uh, Scott's actual opportunity and behind the scenes uh, all the stats these guys come up with over at PFF uh, with some of the best data available uh, for DFS. So for Scott and Tyler. Uh, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching the PFF show, everybody. Uh, We out, y'all.